Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And we want to look some more at this that we uh, have talked about in some previous services, the mature believer. The mature believer. And uh, Ephesians chapter 4, and starting in verse 11, he says, the Apostle Paul says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And we talked about this some, but that word perfecting, uh, it can mean maturing, uh, but it means in its base definition to complete furnishing or to completely furnish or to equip. All right? So the fivefold ministry gifts set in the local church, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, are for the equipping of the saints to completely furnish them for the work of the ministry and then for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. And so when I come to church, when I come to the local church, when I'm under, when I'm under the ministry of one of the five-fold ministry gifts, I am being furnished, I'm being equipped for what God wants me to do. Amen. The importance of the local church is not that it's just a place to go and hear the word. It, it, that's vital, but it's that I go there to be equipped to do what God has called me to do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we see this picture in the raising of natural children, a natural family. The parent's job is to equip that child to completely furnish them with what they need to succeed in life. Hallelujah. In the local church, I'm equipped. Hallelujah. And I'm completely furnished for what God has called me to do. And that's for the purpose of ministering to others. Not just to have a ministry, but for the ministry to others. If I'm going to mature the way that I should mature as a believer, I have to be others focused. That there has to be this, this, this mindset that it's I'm doing this for the people. I'm doing this for, the, for others. Amen. And so I'm equipped in the local church. Now there's an element of this that we see in the book of Luke chapter 16. This is what I want to dive into tonight. And in Luke 16 and verse 12, Jesus makes a statement. He makes several here that have to do with this word faithful. But for the sake of what we're, we're teaching on it, in verse 12, he says, If you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? The word faithful is to be trustworthy. 
or true. I heard one person say it means true to the original. Now, the point here that Jesus is making is that if I'm not faithful or trustworthy or true in that which is another man's, who will give me that which is my own? I learn faithfulness in the local church. That's where you learn to be faithful. Amen. I, I, I had a person ask me one time, and, and they had not been coming to the church very long, and they, they were talking to me up front, and they, uh, they looked at me and they said, well, do y'all ever allow people to, to do this? And they mentioned a certain thing, uh, uh, sing a special or, or something. And I said, first of all, I said, well, we don't sing many specials. Amen. <laughs> but then I was thinking this. I didn't say it, but I was thinking this. Now, you're not just showing up and being faithful yet. You want to sing, but you're not being faithful. See, faithfulness gets you on the team. Fruitfulness gets you promoted. But I've got to be faithful in what God's asked me to do. I had a couple come to the church one time, and, and, and they were there on a Sunday morning, and uh, uh, they, they uh, entered into the service, and they said, can we talk to you after church? And, and I don't normally do that, but, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to say I felt led, but, you know, I thought maybe I should, and so I met with them. And, and he had his resume. He had brought his resume, and, and he said, uh, you know, we like your, your worship, but uh, we've put on uh, television productions on Christian TV. And, and sure enough, boy, he had. He had all the credentials. And he said, I think we could help you. Well, see, that's exactly backwards. Right. See, Lord, help me say this right. God doesn't send people to the local church because that local church needs them. God sends you to the local church because you need the church. You need the church. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, I was talking to him and I said, well, brother, I said, I, I, I see your credentials. And I said, that, that's, that's outstanding. I said, but uh, I made the statement, I'm big on faithfulness. And I said, you just need to keep coming to church. And, you know, you just keep coming and entering in and, and getting to know the church and sit up under the word. And I said, you know, we'll see. We'll see what, what the Lord says. Well, they left that meeting. I didn't see him for three weeks. And he wanted to meet with me again. And so I met with him again. And he made this statement to me. He said, when are we going to get to use our grace gift in this church? People say, what would you say? I said, brother, <clears throat> I'm big on faithfulness. And you just keep coming to church and sitting up under the Word, and we'll see what God says. Well, I didn't see them no more. Well, they had went to a church across town that they didn't know was a friend of mine's church, and, and, and they were trying to badmouth him to me, and I let him know he was my friend. And so that kind of shut that down. But I talked to him about him, and he, he basically said, you know, they're hopelessly unfaithful. You understand? Whatever I do in the local church is less about me and more about ministering to the people. And so even if, if I'm not just talking about the, 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 the lead pastor. If I'm asked to do something in the church, if I'm asked to take up the tithe and offering, receive the Lord's tithe and the offerings of the people, it's not 
to prove my latest greatest revelation. It's to get the people what they need to be blessed. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Because somebody has... I've, I've talked to people before, uh, other ministers on staff, not necessarily here, but uh, they've talked to me and they say, well, Pastor, you know, it's so easy to preach in the home church. And I tell them, it's because the ground has been plowed. It's because the roots have been dug up. The stumps have been removed. The rocks are gone. Somebody's been faithful to do what, what needs to be done. Your job is just get up there and follow the furrow that's already been dug. Be faithful to what God already has going on. Amen. You know, Brother Hagin used to say this all the time. He would say, I would go to other churches and succeed where other ministers had failed because I wouldn't go in there and plow the man's field crosswise. If I, if I knew they didn't believe a certain thing, I would just stay away from that. See, that's being faithful because his ministry at that time was to all churches everywhere. He was a traveling minister. That's being faithful. And Jesus said, if you're not faithful in what is another man's, well, that can involve just coming to church. Just showing up, just being here, bringing your supply. That's part of faithfulness. It's, it's not just being able to do something. Hallelujah. Amen. And Jesus said, if I've not been faithful there. See, faithfulness is a sign of maturity. Faithfulness is a sign of maturity. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trustworthy. I'm true to the original. And I learned that in church. I learned to be faithful by going to church and watching the older saints and watching people that knew how to live for God. Amen. I learned to be faithful. I, I learned to be faithful in prayer and faithful in Bible study and faithful in, in, in following after the things of God in the local church. You don't learn faithfulness from somewhere else. You learn faithfulness in the local church. Oh, glory to God. Amen. Do, do, do you see that? And when God plants you somewhere, your job is be faithful there. Doesn't mean you can't go somewhere else or visit somewhere else, but you're faithful to where God called you. Because that's where your supply is going to come from, or a large part of your supply. What I see so much today are people abandoning the principles of faith that were taught by our fathers and expecting things to keep going the way they're supposed to go. It won't happen because they're unfaithful to the message. Yeah, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am so glad. I was telling my wife the other day, I was rejoicing. I am so glad that I found that little Concepts of Faith magazine. I don't even remember where I found it. I think I found it by the dumpster outside our apartment. Amen. Because back in those days, that's where we got our furniture. Was what people threw away. You, you think I'm joking. I'm not joking. My first, the first desk that I had that I learned the principles of faith on, I got it out of the dumpster. Or right by the dumpster. Amen. You know, when you don't have anything, something's better than nothing. I didn't even have a CD player. I bought my daughter a CD player, tape player for Christmas. And I had to take her, her tape player and listen to those tapes. Amen. Amen. But I found that Concepts of Faith magazine 
on the ground. And we ordered off the back of it eventually because we had to save up the money. Had to save up $10. I was riding the bus back and to to work then, downtown Kansas City. And, and a bus pass was $10 a month. And I had to budget that $10. Hallelujah. But here's my point. I started learning the principles of faith. And we ordered that first series, Faith, Law of the New Covenant. Man, it revolutionized my life. What did I learn? I learned my problem was one inch below my nose. Amen. I, 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 I remember that story he was telling. Now I'm, doing, I'm telling you this for a reason. I remember the story he was telling about a guy. He said a guy walks by his water heater every day. And he says, I, you know, that'd be horrible if that water heater blew up. It'd just burn this house down. It just burned this house down. And he said the angels are there commissioned to protect him and keep him. But that hot water heater malfunctions and blows up and burns his house down. And the angels say, let it burn. Man, that revolutionized my life. Because every time I would start to think about and talk something negative, I'd hear, let her burn. I'd hear Charles Capps in my spirit saying, let her burn. I had to, I had to become faithful to that. Amen. And the Lord told me years ago, if you stay with your fathers, you'll stay safe. When, when, when you abandon the revelation that revolutionized your life, you're going to lose something. It's, it's important that I stay faithful. I heard a person say, my wife heard it, she was discussing it with me. You know, we've heard this statement before, and I've heard many ministers make it. And it's true, don't misunderstand me. But uh, fathers in the faith. Brother Hagen, Brother Caps, other ones. And they would make this statement. If something's not working in your life, God is not the problem. The Word is not the problem. I'm the problem. Now that's true. But you'll hear people nowadays saying, well, you know, I've heard people say that. That there's nothing wrong with God, nothing wrong with His Word, must be something wrong with me. And then they'll make this statement. But there is nothing wrong with you in Christ. If you're not receiving... What the Word promised that you would receive, there is something wrong with what you're doing. And you'll put yourself in an attitude of non-resistance if you don't understand that. I taught you this morning, the, the, the faith is not presumption. Faith is not based on a system that, that, that is not, that, that's not sure that it will come to pass. Faith is based on the impossibility of God and His Word to lie. And so when I step out in faith, it is impossible for God to be wrong. God will not deceive me. God said, I will have what I say. That's not being deceptive. That's, it's impossible for that to be wrong. I'm having what I say. Now my point is, when you start moving away from that, that's unfaithful. That's unfaithful. God doesn't change what changed your life. The, the same principles that changed my life and brought us out of poverty, I still use those same principles today. You mature and you grow in them, but they never change. And when you start moving away from those things of your fathers and the things that changed your life, unfaithfulness is creeping in. Immature people look for something new. Amen? 
Immature people don't... Luke, Luke says in, in Luke 8, you don't have to go there, but it's the parable of the sower and the, 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 the type of ground where Mark says the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things, enter in and choke the word. Luke says, and they bring forth no fruit to perfection. They, uh, the Greek says no fruit to maturity. They never arrive at mature fruit. Well, why? They let, they, they, they let things choke out what they knew was right, what they knew was true. Amen. And, and do you see that? And so if, if I'm constantly looking for something new, something different, I'm never going to mature in anything. Hallelujah. I've, I've, I've had people come to me and, and, and tell me, they'd say, Pastor, Pastor Steele, when you preach on faith, it's like I've, I've heard it for the first time. Well, I mean, I understand that and I appreciate that. It's the grace of God. But here's the thing. It seems that way. Because they haven't just stayed with it until they mature in it. you got to stay with it to produce faithfulness. When you look at a ministry, you look at a ministry that's, that's had longevity. And, and when I say longevity, I mean 25, 30, 40, 50 years and, and up. Listen, they're faithful. They're faithful. Not only faithful to God, but faithful to what God told them to do. Amen. And Jesus said, when you're faithful in what belongs to another, notice it says that you will receive your own. But if you're not faithful, you won't receive. Oh, hallelujah. So in in the day and age we're in, it's more important than ever that we're faithful to what changed our lives, to what brought us out. Amen. Don't don't start thinking there's an easier way. There's not. There's not an easier way than living by faith. There's not an easier way than watching your words. There's not an easier way than sowing your seed. That's what works. I said that's what works. And if I become unfaithful to that, if if I abandon that, then 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 it all falls apart. Oh, glory to God. Do you see this? Look at Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Am I helping you? I remember I was talking to uh, Brother Brian tonight before church about a minister. And uh, I I was in a conference where this minister was. And uh, no, excuse me. I was watching a conference that he was ministering at. And he said he was at a church. And the pastor, before he got on the platform, he said, now, he called his name and he said, brother, he said, now, uh, don't mention any of the old guys tonight. He said, what do you mean, the old guys? He said, you know, uh, Brother Hagen and Brother Caps and Brother Copeland and uh, all these. And he said, why not? And he said, because my people don't know who they are. And he looked at that pastor and said, that's your fault. Now, it's not the man. It's... If somebody brought the revelation that changed your life, right? I remember years ago, am I helping y'all? I remember years ago, this would have been, oh, this was close to 30 years ago. Pastor Michelle and I had uh, only been married about a year, maybe not even a year. And the Lord moved on us to move to Kansas City. And I stayed behind 
to, to, to gather up some loose ends and work two more weeks and get a check. And uh, the, the, the apartment complex that I worked for let me stay in one of the apartments. And I was doing a Bible study on uh, Friday evenings with uh, uh, the church that we had attended had dissolved and, and, and the people were looking for a church and we were doing a Bible study in the interim. I didn't believe I was a pastor then. I thought being a pastor was akin to having the leprosy. I thought it was just, you know, it's, it, nobody wants to pastor. That's what I thought then. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, now almost 25 years later, I wouldn't have it any other way. But the lady that, that we were using their home, she knew I was leaving. They knew I was leaving. She wanted to bless me. And she brought me a 12-tape series entitled Establishing Your Heart on the Word of God by Brother Copeland. And it was from the London Victory Campaign. And she stuck $100 in there. You know, I, I would like to be real spiritual and say I was real excited about the tape, but I was excited about the $100. And um, <laughs> the, the tapes were an added benefit. But man, I started listening to those tapes. And he was teaching on 12 tapes. And you know, Brother Copeland... Uh, doesn't preach 45-minute sermons. And so it was both sides of a 90-minute tape. I mean, full. And he was teaching on every tape on Psalm 112 and emphasizing the fact that the righteous man's heart is established trusting in God. I had no idea how important that was going to be to me. And I just listened and listened and listened and listened and listened. Well, I, we, we moved to Kansas City, and, and I was just listening. At that time, the tape player we had was a little play school tape player. I mean, it had a cartoon face on the front, and that's what we listened to Brother Copeland on. I mean, Brother Copeland's voice coming out of a clown face. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> Amen. But we listened and listened and listened and listened. And I remember we were going back to Tennessee, me and a family member, going back to Tennessee to, to get the stuff that we had left in storage. And uh, they went to sleep. I was driving their car, and they were going to sleep. They went to sleep, and I figured, well, they're asleep. I'm driving, so technically I can listen to what I want. And so I popped Brother Copeland in the cassette player. Well, it was about 30 minutes later. This guy woke up, and I'll never forget. He woke up, and he looked at me, and he goes, what is that you're listening to? And I said, that's Brother Copeland. He said, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. And he asked me to take it out. Well, I did. It's his car. But here's the point. I'm sitting there thinking this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. He's thinking this is the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, I kept listening, listening. We listened to those tapes till we broke them. We wore them out. We did not know the trauma that our uh, 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 second daughter was going to go through when she was born and how much that, that storehouse of our heart being fixed, trusting in God, was going to come up and help us. And when the doctor said there's trauma, she's been injured, we don't know what it is. It could be her heart, we, we don't know. Uh, we're rushing her to, to Children's Mercy across town, to the, to the NICU unit. Amen. And the, and the nurse walked out and shut the door. The doctor walked out and shut the door. And my wife grabbed my hand and looked at me and said, My heart is fixed. Amen. And we just agreed. God is my witness. We turned the TV on, turned the TV on, and there's Brother Copeland and Miss Gloria at their Arkansas prayer cabin, and he pointed that prophetic finger at the camera, and he said, I'm telling you, your heart is fixed. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
Amen. Yes, sir. Now you got one guy abandoning that. Yeah. And you got another guy grabbing a hold of it. In a lot of, in a lot of standpoints, I wasn't as smart as that, as that family member. I didn't have as much going for me in the natural as they did. But I had a desire for the Word of God because it was changing my life. They were depending on the works of their hands. I was depending on the work of the Word. And when the problem arose, God fixed it because our heart was fixed. When you're faithful, you don't know what you're being faithful for. You don't know what might show up. You don't know what might come around the corner. But in your faithfulness is preparation for what's coming that you don't even know about. You don't even know about it. Glory to God. Amen. So, so, oh Lord. I, you know, I know, I know people that say, well, you need varied interests. You need varied interest. You need to listen to a variety of people. I'm going to tell you, I can't tell you who to listen to because you're, you're grown. But you don't need a variety of interest. You don't need it. You need, you need to listen to what brought you out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People that I respect, they can always take you back and tell you the moment that their life changed and what they were listening to, what they were reading. Yeah. Yes, sir. Amen. And, and they're still listening and reading that, listening to and reading that today. Am I helping you? Yes, sir. See, don't, don't, don't be fooled. Because we don't see any of our fathers in the faith falling into sin. No, sir. No, sir. We, we, what, right? No, sir. Because they haven't changed. They haven't changed. I, I listened to, I, I read some notes from Pastor Caldwell, 1983. And I was in a conference with him, and he preached the same thing in 2018 that he was preaching in 1983. That's faithfulness. That's being faithful to what God called you to do. Amen. There's times I'll be talking to him or others, him primarily, and he'll start to say something, and he'll go, I've probably told you this before. And my response is, stay on, Pastor. I need to hear it again. It doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if I can finish the sentence for you. I need to hear it again. Right? Because I need the faithfulness that it's going to produce. I want the longevity you had in ministry. I want the character that you had in ministry. I want the integrity that, that, that just absolutely soaked your ministry. That's what I want. And I get that from you. I get that by being faithful. Oh, glory. Amen. That's why if somebody's your pastor, they're your pastor. You might enjoy other ministers, but they're your pastor. They're your pastor. Amen. And you might go other places and you might hear other things, but they're your pastor. You're, you're not judging what, the, what your pastor's saying by the other people. You're judging the other people by what you learned by where God brought you. That's being faithful. That's being faithful. Glory to God. And you'll pick up on things. Am I helping you all with this? And you, you'll, you'll pick up on things. I remember, 
Years ago, the Lord began to tell me, and he told me something. He said, people will never understand how to, how to respond to the office of the pastor if you don't teach them as the pastor. Well, you know, it's a challenge to get up and talk about your office and how you're supposed to respond to my office. But when you realize what it's going to produce in people, and I'm telling you this for a reason. Well, then, sometime after that, I heard Pastor talk about when he first started pastoring the church that the Lord told him to preach on this. Call me Pastor. Because he said people would say, what do I need to call you? Call me Pastor. And he felt the same way. Well, Lord, I'm, I'm talking about myself. And the Lord said, And the Lord said almost the same thing. They will never know how to respond to the gift if you don't teach on it. Now, what, the reason I'm saying that is that that told me what I need to be doing. I remember when it came out and I heard a minister that I have great respect for, and he said, you know, you pastors, you need to quit talking over the offering. He said, because it doesn't increase the giving. Well, how many know we don't talk over the offering to increase the giving? We talk over the offering to build your faith in what you're doing. Because what is the offering time for? It's not just the time to bless the ministry. It's It's investment time for you. And man, I, you, know, you know, you don't question things, but I'm thinking, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, if I'm doing something wrong, I'm, I'm up for correction. And I went to a conference with Pastor in Round Rock, Texas, Keith Butler's minister's conference that he had there. And it was Pastor and Bob Yanding that were preaching, Bishop Butler. And a, a Pastor was preaching the first day, and he got up. I'm, I'm, I, I got done with my, my, uh, my job and my, my responsibilities for him. And, and I got there on, on the second row, and I get my notebook out. I'm like, come on, let her rip. I'm ready to go. And, and the first words out of his mouth were, I, at that time it was, it was uh, 32 years uh, that, I, I th- yeah, 32 years that he had pastored. And he said, I pastored for 32 years. And he said, I've taught over the offering in every service. Now, see, I'm faithful to that. That's my, that's my diagram. That's my mold. Right? You keep receiving from the people you're faithful to. And that's faithfulness, Lord, yeah, I'll say that. That's faithfulness in your mind, faithfulness in your words, faithfulness in, in, in the way you respond. Amen. You got to think right to be faithful. Amen. You got to talk right to be faithful. Mm. If, if you talk about somebody, you're not faithful. You're, well, glory. I lost my crowd. Right? But you, 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 you'll mess. You, if you talk about, for instance, now y'all don't talk about me. Only good stuff, I know. But, but the point is, if a person talks about their pastor and is critical of their pastor, I promise you, they will come back to church the next Sunday and get nothing. Because you've shut the door. That's unfaithfulness. If I talk about you, I'm unfaithful. Because that's not what I'm told to do in the Word. I'm told to pray for you. I, I, right? I'm, I'm not told to go talk about you to other people. I'm told to talk to you face to face. This is so important. Because people will say, you know, people will say, I'm not receiving 
you know, where I'm going and I'm just not receiving. Well, let's investigate why you're not receiving. You were receiving there six months ago. You were receiving there when God first saved you. You were, right? And I know we all grow and progress, and, and I'm farther along in spiritual progression than I was when I first got saved and when I first got into the things of the ministry. I was raised classic Pentecostal, man. I mean, we knew how to shout and speak in tongues. That's what we knew how to do. And we knew how to bind the devil and plead the blood. And we got a lot done. But we didn't have a lot of confidence of the power of the Word of God. Amen. So I still bind the devil and plead the blood and shout and pray in tongues, but I have the, the, the revelation of the power of the Word, the revelation of faith. But what they put in me was invaluable. What they put in my spirit was invaluable. They taught me how to love God. Amen. And, 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 and when you, you do that, we're going to go to Proverbs here. When you do that, you shut yourself off because that's unfaithfulness mm-hmm. amen. amen I've said this over the years when uh, uh, somebody comes to me I had a guy come here to church one time and, uh, and he was talking to me and I was asking him you know wh- uh, where he was from he's a newcomer I didn't know him and uh, he said well you know I'm from here in Little Rock he said I used to work up at Agape with Happy that did it that finished it to me that's unfaithful. It's not happy. That's right. That's your pastor. That's right. And if he's not your pastor, he's brother happy. Yeah. Or pastor happy. That's right. Or pastor Caldwell. That's it. Amen. That's it. If, you, if you just look at me as Philip, you only get what Philip can give you. And let me tell you how much that is. Not much. If you look at me as brother Philip, then it's a little more. If I'm your pastor, then you start receiving out of the office. Not just from the man, out of the office. Oh, glory. Proverbs 28 and 20. A faithful man, now notice, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Is that what it says? So the faithful abound with blessings. Well, that's not just showing up. That's being faithful. Right? Being faithful. Hallelujah. Being being faithful, true to the original. Now, in 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 17, this is is sheep food tonight. Growth food. (laughs) Amen. You know, I never never try to preach hard, and I don't believe I'm preaching a hard message tonight. But, but you know, here's here's what I've learned. I've, I've... you know, if you do something long enough, you'll pick some things up by accident. And, and I've watched people. People that will come and commit and be faithful, I watch their lives change. I watch them change. People that just kind of play around, kind of get their foot in the water a little bit, they, they, they get a little splashed over blessing but they never achieve everything God wants them to achieve. 
Because it requires a commitment to be faithful. 1 Corinthians 4 and 17. Notice what Paul says concerning Timothy. For this cause I've sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son, and notice, and faithful into the Lord, in the Lord, who will bring you into remembrance of my ways which be in Christ as I teach in every church. As I teach everywhere in every church. So Paul has not yet went to the church at Corinth. And notice what he says. He says, I'm sending Timothy to you that will tell you my ways and will preach to you what I preach in every church. And I'm sending him because he's faithful. He can, so that means Timothy wasn't going to go preach his own thing. He was going to go preach what Paul would preach. Amen. He was faithful, so he knew Paul's ways. He knew what he taught. Hallelujah. When somebody says something about a man or a woman of God that, that you sit under or that, you, that, that you're fed from, and they say something, if you're faithful, they say something negative or derogatory, you'll know in your heart right away, that's not true. Because you're faithful. Unfaithful people can be moved away from their answer. Faithful people can't. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Do, do you see this? Promotion follows faithfulness. The more faithful you are, the quicker you're promoted. Amen. Because it's, it's, it's maturity. Oh, glory to God. Notice in 1 Corinthians 4, and uh, you're right there, verse 1. It says, Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God, mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required. Notice that word. It is required. It's not an option. It's required. It's a requirement. In stewards, that a man be found faithful. That word stewards, very often people just break it down and say, well, that's managers. Well, it does mean managers, but here's what it also means. Bishop or preacher. So it's required in a bishop or a preacher, an overseer or a preacher, that they be faithful. Well, like Brother Hagin would always say, God is not going to ask something of the layperson, of the member of the church, that he doesn't require out of the pastor of the church. And vice versa. He's not going to require something out of me that he doesn't require out of you. When you come to the church and you come to the local church, you're hearing things, you're hearing revelation that you then become a steward over. And it's up to you to stay faithful to it. And he says... If you're going to receive, you have to be faithful. It is required. And just because a person shouts and dances and runs is no indication they have received. The indication that they have received is when the challenge is there, when the, when the, when the roadblock tries to come out, they respond with what they've heard. Glory to God. Do you see that? And so notice that's a requirement. That's a requirement. Yes, sir. 
You know, you, you've got to be faithful. Listen, I, I've, I've known people before that, that they'd make a mistake. And, and it, would just, it would just derail them. You've got to be faithful to go to God and say, I blew it. Whatever it is. Amen. Lord, I missed it. I didn't do what you told me. Or, or I said something I shouldn't have said or whatever. You've got to be faithful to do that. Because it shows God your heart. Amen. It shows God your heart. Yeah, but I feel so bad about what I did. Well, you should. I mean, you should feel bad about missing it. I don't want to miss it. But you shouldn't feel condemned about missing it. You shouldn't feel shame about missing it. Because the Bible says when you repent that God forgives it. God cleanses it. God God puts you back where you should have been. But here's the point. I see people that they just won't be faithful with that. There's something to be said for you going to the Lord on a consistent basis and saying, Father, I don't want anything between me and you. If there's anything that I need to change that I'm not aware of, that I'm not making a point to change it, Lord, show me and I'll change it. Hallelujah. Because that's being faithful to what God wants you to do. That's being faithful to what God asks of you. Amen. Look, look, look at Matthew 25. I think this will be our last one. I think. I don't know. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so see, that, that changes the whole idea of coming to church. Amen. I've had people say, well, you know, you want to put pressure on people to show up at church. Listen. If I have the answer to your problem, I need to put pressure on you to show up and get it. And I know everybody can't come to every service and I know things come up. But here's, here's what I'm trying to say. You're, you're watching online tonight. You're here, you're here in the room. You're hearing something from the Holy Spirit that God determined that you needed to hear and, and, and he determined that you needed to hear it before you were ever born. And now so words that God planned before the foundation of the world are coming out tonight to change your life. Oh, hallelujah. Matthew 25, verse 14. The kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country called his servants, delivered unto them his goods, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and took his journey. The first thing we see here is God will never ask you to do something that's outside your realm of ability. You'll be able to do what God wants you to do. It may take faith, you may, and, and predominantly it will. But here's the thing, you're able to do it. Amen. Say it out loud. I'm able to do it. So he, he gave according to their several ability. Now this is important because as we look at these men with the talents, the man that received one talent, I'll get ahead of myself a little bit, that wasn't a slight. The master wasn't slighting him and thinking less of him. His ability denoted one talent. That's all it was. He wasn't mad at him. He didn't think less of him. He was a one-talent guy. There was a two-talent guy and a five-talent guy. 
Well, the five-talent guy wasn't better than the one-talent guy. He just had more ability. But we're going to see something else. Notice, then he that received the five went and traded with the same and made other five. And likewise, he that received two gained other two. But he that received one. Now, what this is telling us is he could have got at least one. Said he received one, and here's what he did. He went and digged in the earth. And hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants comes, reckoneth with them. He, he accounted. He went and opened the books. Show me the books. Let's reconcile. Hmm. One man told Brother Hagin one time, he said, boy, it must be a lot of pressure. I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. And you know, Brother Hagin, he kind of drug it out. He said, well, I asked him, I said, yeah, I didn't know what he meant. You know, like my physical shoes or my real shoes or wouldn't want to be in my car or my house or married to the wife I have. What do you mean? And he said, you know, to be a teacher because the Bible says that you're going to give an account for every word that you speak. And he said, well, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes. And the guy said, well, what do you mean? He said, because the Bible says you're going to give an account for every word I speak. Everything that you hear in the service that you're at, you'll give an account for it because you heard it. Amen. See, this is important. So he's opening the books. He that received five came and brought other five saying, Lord... You delivered me five talents. I've gained beside them five. Notice, his Lord said, well done, good and faithful servant. Is that right? You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He that received two came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two. I've gained other talents, two other beside them. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then when he that received the one came and said, Lord, mm, I knew that you're a hard man. Reaping where you had not sown, gathering where you had not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the earth. There you have what is yours. And his Lord said unto him, well done, good and... No. You wicked and slothful. That means lazy. Now, Now notice this. He called the first two faithful. He called the last one lazy and wicked. Why is, why is that? Because he wasn't asking him to do something he couldn't do. And this man showed his unfaithfulness by his attitude towards his Lord. I knew that you were a hard man. Reaping where you had not sowed. Right? And his Lord answered and said, you wicked, slothful servant. You know, you knew. It, what he's saying is this. You knew that, did you? That's what you thought? That I, that I reap where I have not sowed and gathered where I have not strawed? And this is what he's saying. If you really thought that, you should have at least put my money in the bank 
and got me some interest. If that's what you really thought. What he's saying is you didn't really think that. You're just unfaithful and lazy. Hallelujah. I don't know how much work it would have took to double one talent. But he had the ability to do it. Because the man, the, the Lord said he gave according to his, their ability. Every person under the sound of my voice has the ability to do what God has called you to do if you'll just put in the work and be faithful. But you just got to be faithful. I learned years ago, faithfulness trumps talent every time. You can have people that are talented and hopelessly unfaithful. Amen. Now, I was never a major uh, 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 high school athlete and a recruit, but I was a good athlete. I, I enjoyed sports. But here's the thing. I had to work. I wasn't ever the biggest. I wasn't ever the fastest. I had to work. I, I had to spend time, right? I had to spend time after school running routes and doing what I had to do. Amen. Had to find where I could play. And man, there were guys, I remember guys that were just naturally talented. And it would be so frustrating. They didn't have to work. They, it, was just, it was just natural talent. And most of them, nine times out of ten, they just wasted it. it. Everything was just easy for them. And you know what? Most of the time, those guys would graduate high school and be recruited by a college program and go to the college program and, and, and fail miserably. Why? They had not learned faithfulness. Faithfulness to what? Work out, practice, learn their plays. Right? Learn the fundamentals. Because they were lazy and unfaithful. Right? I'm not calling anybody lazy and unfaithful. But I'm, I'm saying... Notice what Jesus says. He calls, he calls doing what he asks you to do faithfulness. He calls not doing what he asks you to do lazy. I don't want to be lazy. Now, that doesn't mean doing everything at the church and being involved in everything, but what are you involved in? Then do it. Be faithful with it. Show up and do it. If, 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 if you're on the greeter team, show up and greet. Be there. Be faithful. Smile. Show people the love of God. Don't start and stop. Don't start something and quit. Amen. Nothing more frustrating than seeing somebody start something and quit. Be faithful. Because understand, the way you do anything is the way you do everything. If you're unfaithful in this area, I promise you, you'll be unfaithful in that area. Mm. The faithful man cared what the master thought. It mattered to them. Amen. Now, you're not doing things for the glory of, 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 of people, but it should matter to you. For instance, one time I was picking my pastor up for an event and I I read the text wrong I thought they they asked me to pick them up at at uh, uh, nine o'clock and they'd asked me to pick them up at 9 30 well I showed up at their place at, ni at uh, nine at nine o'clock and uh, 
in any event, I'm standing outside. It's raining. I'm standing outside with an umbrella waiting on them. I, I didn't check the text. I should have. And I got another text. And it said, uh, you can show up at 920. And I text back and said, uh, I'm already here. And he said, well, you're really early, aren't you? Well, here's, here's my point that I'm making. Man, I, th- I, I got done there and I said, Lord, I don't want him to think I'm silly. I don't want him to think I'm dumb. And I was talking to my wife about that. And she said, Philip, she said, that just shows you care what he thinks. You care what he thinks. There are people in your life that you have to care. You should care what they think about you. It should matter if they think you're faithful. It should matter if they think you're dependable. Amen. Do do, do you see that? And that only happens through being faithful. Unfaithful people don't care what you think. It just don't matter. See, this man didn't care what the master thought. He had a preconceived idea of what he thought. When I'm I'm giving spiritual guidance to somebody, some people call that counseling, and they come in and and I open my mouth and I say, well, you know, uh, uh, this is, is, you know, what I think you need to do. And somebody goes, oh, I know, we're done. We're done. I'm I'm done with that, that assignment. I'm done with that appointment. Why? Because if you know, why are you here wasting my time? You asked me to help you, but you know. Those are the famous, you know the saying, the famous last words of a fool. I know. Mm. Do you see that? And I know that's a little hard. It's a little bit direct. But when you ask somebody for their opinion, be ready to receive it. Put your preconceived ideas away, what you know away. And be faithful to the person that you're asking to help you. Amen. Do you see this? The faithful were placed over many things. Over many things. Higher responsibilities. If I'm not faithful to this, then how can I be faithful to this? Because that's like the person saying, well, boss, you, you give me more money, I'll work harder. It's not how it works. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I just, I just want to be in the ministry. We got a good ministry for you. We got a, we got a little thing back there in the, in the closet, you know, a little claw, and, and there's some, some paper and cups outside that we need picked up uh, every now and then before service. If you'll take that bag and that little claw and, and pick that up, you know, that'd be a great help. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm called to minister. I'm called to preach. Okay, now wait a minute. But that's not what I need here. I don't need you to preach on Sunday morning. I need you to help me clean the parking lot. And God will give you a sermon while you're doing it. That you'll preach sometime. (laughs) Hallelujah. How am I helping you all with this? Because I'm almost done. The unfaithful, there's two things I saw here. Number one, he was given no more responsibility. Notice that. The other two, he said, 
you've been faithful over a few, I'll make you ruler over many. He didn't say that to this one. He was given no more responsibility. And secondly, notice, he lost what he did have. Take from him and give to the one that has ten. For unto everyone that has shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he has. Him that has what? Him that has been faithful. Him that has not been faithful will lose even what he had. Amen. Amen. I've, I've watched over the years, I've watched the anointing wane and dissipate on people's lives because they wouldn't be faithful. They just wouldn't be faithful. I'm, I'm telling you, as I'm wrapping this up, every person that you know and I know, we have a window to do what God wants us to do. And I have to be faithful in that period of time. Because more depends on it. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. More depends on it. And so then whatever God asks, we'll do it. We'll fit it in our schedule. We'll make it happen. Amen. Because I want to be faithful. Now again, that's not running yourself ragged and just trying to be at everything, every minute of every day. That's not what I'm talking about. But in the, in, the, in the context of what God asks you to do, my job is to be faithful. This, this is my job. Amen. And so everything to do. When, when, when we, we do television, we, we film right here and, and, and uh, updating things and making things look better. When, when we film, that's part of our being faithful. Because the Lord, the Lord told us to do that. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we have the, 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 the Hispanic service. And you know, sometimes we only have a couple families. Sometimes we have one big family. But the Lord told me and my wife, specifically my wife, to take the teachings of Kenneth Hagin and Charles Cabs and preach them to the Hispanic community. And he said, why? He said, because there is no faith voice being spoken to those people. And there's not a service that somebody in that congregation doesn't come up to me and say, I learn something every time I'm here. Amen. Amen. And, it, and, it, and it can seem like a frustrating thing. Well, why isn't it growing as fast? Listen, our jobs be faithful. And if there's, a, if, there, if there's a plug somewhere, God will show you so you can move it. But God shows things to faithful people. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Do you believe that tonight? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Say, I'm faithful. Say it one more time. Say, I'm faithful. Oh, I believe God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I believe you tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Leonard, do you have anything? Praise the Lord. I don't have a, a, a prophetic word, but when Pastor Philip was talking doing the offering about the tithe. This is something that I want to share with you. <clears throat> he was talking about tithing on the gross. If you take notes, write this down. The tithe is not the tithe when you give it. It's the tithe when you get it. Yeah. 
Think about it, in every aspect of your life, dealing with natural finances, nobody ever asks you what is your net income. You go to buy a house, they don't ask for your net income, mm-hmm. they ask for your gross. You go to buy a car, what is your gross? And you gladly tell them, and you finance a car based on your gross income, yeah. Yeah. knowing that's not what you bring home. Yeah. But when it comes to the kingdom, you want to you tithe on what you bring home. Well, that's, that, that's after retirement's been taken out. You've given to United Way. You've paid taxes and whatever else came out. Yeah. But then you want God to give you optimum. And you're wondering why you tithe the regular and the devourer hasn't been rebuked. It's because he rebukes the devourer for the tither. Yeah. And when you're tithing on your net, you can call it a lack of knowledge, ignorance, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't change anything. God's not obligated. Especially when he sits you under a ministry that teaches you the truth about the tithe. And you make a conscious decision, well, I ain't there yet. Uh, I'm, on, I'm, I'm tithing 8% right now. How can you tithe 8% when tithe is 10? It's 10, yeah. You either tithe or you don't. And then what I'm giving. Well, your giving is not protected because he only rebukes the devourer when you tithe. So even if he multiplied the seed sown, it's going to be eaten up. So you want to go back and really rethink. God puts his 10% in your 100% so that when you get it, remember there's a war going on between God and the devil. Mm -hmm. Even though Satan had defeated foe, you're God's family that he's trying to affect. So God says, I trust Leonard Ford, and he's trustworthy, yeah. and I'm going to prove it to you, Satan. I'm going to give him my tithe, and watch. He's going to return it to me yeah. first Amen. off the top. Amen. And so then when I does, God can put a muzzle on him. Praise God. Not only does that muzzle stop him from eating up my seed sown, it also is hard to talk through a muzzle. Yeah. It lessens the enemy's <laughs> voice Amen. in your ears, then you are fairer than your spirit. Hallelujah. Okay, but then when I turn around from Revelation and say, God, I trust you. I'm going to give you $100. Mm-hmm. Not only is he going to multiply my seed song, but now he's rebuking the devourer. So my full multiplication of it is going to be available to me because I tithe and the enemy has been muzzled. He can't devour it. And when it comes to furation, I reap it by faith. Yeah. Understanding that in that harvest... It's not only more seed, but more tithe. Yeah. Yeah. Because the father multiplied. If I take the father out the picture, the seed, I mean, it ain't multiplied. Yeah. You see? So when you understand tithing is, uh, especially when you do it the way Pastor was talking about, even, now see, the tithe is a tenth, but you give it first. Yeah. What that does is I systematically prioritize God. The money comes into my hand. And because I prioritize him, today's Thursday. I don't want I, I, this. Is me personally, I don't like tithing online, mm-hmm. so I just write the check yeah. and lift it up to the Lord and tithe it. Amen. Then I bring it to church and give it. Yeah. But when it comes to the tithe of the herd, we can read this in Leviticus. I'm not going to open the Bible and go to that. But he says the tenth is the Lord's. Now there, it wasn't the first tenth that they set out. You count them; they go through there every tenth one. They hit it with a hyssop, put red blood on it. So it might be 3,000. So 300 come through there. Then they find the 300 with the red spots on them, separate them out. Mm -hmm. That is the only time you can give God a crippled or a blind lamb. Why? Because it was the 10th one with the blood on it. You go back and read Leviticus, and he said, if you change it, I want it and the change. Mm -hmm. You cannot give God a crippled lamb as an offering. 
The tithe is the Lord. What, what am I saying is, if you make $100 a week and your tithe is $10, and I make $1,000 a week and my tithe is 100 doesn't matter. It's a tithe. Mm-hmm. It's, it, in God's eyes, it's equal. Because yeah. the 10th was mine there, the 10th is mine here. That's right. But you decide, I, I can't give God $10. That'd be like me saying, Pastor Philip lets me borrow the Explorer, and I bring him back a Bentley. He said, well, thank you, but I want my Explorer. It's titled in my name. It's got my tags on it. So now, since I gave him the Bentley, the Explorer, and the Bentley is his. Yeah. You see, yeah. only the tithe. You go back and read it. If, if, somebody, if something lame came through as the 10th one and got mm-hmm. to his opponent, you got to give God that lame one. And if you want to change it, he said, I want that one plus the change. Yeah. So I, I just want you to grab a hold to that and understand, as he said, this is, this is not a money thing. It's a heart thing. It's a yeah. priority thing. It's yeah. an obedience thing. But it's a kingdom thing that makes the kingdom work better for you. Amen. Bless Amen. you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I received that.